What's up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment. You, you hire somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 88-9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. I don't know if I trust any Chris that spells it with a K. And Eric Fry. Shut up. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Hey there, welcome in to the starting lineup here on this snowy, mushy Wednesday here. It's Wednesday, you know what that means. And it's the starting lineup. We're hanging out with you until the noon hour here on ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks and Eric Fry will be the ones hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio for the next hour. And, of course, we got a good show lined up for you, as always, for the uh, starting lineup. We'll have all our bases covered with the local sports NTC tournament in a full swing uh, last night. Uh, four games happening uh, there, unusual for a Tuesday, but due to this nasty weather it all happened occurred last night also a lincoln prairie conference tournament was uh, continuing there in argenta eric was over there covering the cumberland game and we'll talk about that one against lsa and we'll also have the little line uh, conference tournament as well as there was an upset on the way to uh, the uh, championship game so we'll talk about that coming up here in uh, just a little bit in local sports <clears throat> excuse me and also, uh, Scott Rowan was voted to the Hall of Fame last night. Only one person technically voted last night as uh, he'll join Fred McGriff and the Hall of Fame class this year. We'll talk about uh, that and if uh, Scott is deserving of uh, this vote to the Hall of Fame and who uh, just missed out. And we'll also hit up on some national sports as well, college basketball, NBA, NHL, on the way coming up here on the uh, program here on this Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. Can't believe that we're already winding down in January and the next week will be February. Mm-hmm. Next Wednesday will be yeah. February 1st. A week from today. That's crazy. It is. And basketball season winding down as well. So uh, we'll explore High school sports coming up here in just a little bit, but uh, we need to kick things off with what we always do, and let's get it started, and let's hit it up with first things first. Before we get into the show.
first things first. And we're starting off with uh, college basketball, and we're starting off with the, the Illinois uh, Fighting Illini as they're back to their winning ways after that dismal performance against Indiana. Indiana, those Hoosiers shot lights out. Buckeyes, well, they did not last night. And uh, the Illini with a, a complete team effort here all over the place. Four out of the five starters in double figures and even some of the lower point totals out there uh, contributed in a lot of ways on the defensive end as well. And so the Illini get the win 69-60. to It's a little bit of a rough start there for the uh, Finding Illini and the score in the second half it looks like it's a lot closer but uh, we used a strong run uh, there in the second half to kind of put ourselves like a 17 point lead I think at one point but uh, the Illini ended up winning by 9 and it was 69 to a 60 was the final score over Ohio State. So, Illinois back in the win column. Yeah, you know what it was, Travis, don't you? What was it? My boy Epps getting in that starting Epps lineup. Epps was in the starting lineup. 14 yeah. points. Mm-hmm. Played some 32 minutes. Yep, he had a couple of threes. I didn't yep. realize he was two for eight from beyond the arc. That's not but great. The two threes that he did hit uh, were impactful. And, man, it got that place <laughs> loud last night at State Farm Center. It was really uh, jumping during that little run that they were on. And then that Epps hit that three to kind of take the roof off of it a little bit. But, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, he had 14 points. He was into the starting lineup. It was only his second uh, start of the season. And uh, he proved that, you know, hey, he played well in the starting five with 14 points. So, I mean, I hate to admit when you're right, but... I know, right? You're right here with Epps being injected into the starting lineup. Now, with that being said, I also want to point out, uh, I thought Rodgers had a good game last night. Not so much point-wise, but eight big rebounds, three of them on the offensive end as well, Mm -hmm. uh, coming off the bench with uh, Danger getting in foul trouble uh, early on. So, um, yeah, like you said, it was a complete team victory for the Illini last night. Right, yeah, and you know that's kind of what Rodgers uh, can do with the the rebounding, and he doesn't get a lot of points. He did have that one dunk from that uh, great pass from Coleman Hawkins, and at Coleman Hawkins, he kind of uh, well, I thought they they said he sniffed a triple double, but I mean six assists, that's not really sniffing a triple double. I mean, it depends I, on how good your sniffer is. I guess. I mean, that's a bloodhound sniffer. If you got six assists, is a tri- uh, almost a triple double. Yeah, 11 points, nine rebounds. Six I guess assists. he's more than halfway there. I so guess. I guess. I guess. Whoever I looked that up, I mean, <laughs> that's completely off base. But, uh, I mean, even Coleman, he had a good game. And, yeah. you know, when he plays like this, of course, he was one for six from three. made that one three yeah. early on. Didn't make any more after that. But, uh, you know, he still played well. And also Matthew Meyer appears to be healthy as well as he had 12 points, including uh, some blocks as well, a couple of them uh, there to uh, get back him on track after nothing from him against Indiana as he was feeling a little bit under the weather as yeah. well. So. Yeah, so good to see him back to full strength and the Salani team starting to get healthy at the right time, Travis. Right, yeah, and I, as I mentioned yesterday with uh, Coach Underwood saying that they're hoping to get by uh, the end of next week, uh, Goody back into uh, full practice and five-on-five drills. And, you know, he always comes out before the games and stuff and does a little shoot-around and has been doing one-on-one and two-on-two stuff uh, but hasn't been able to get yeah, on that five-on-five stuff. But 
So, uh, you know, you talk about people getting healthy, getting yep. him healthy as well, add him, him into the mix yep. as well. And, I mean, even Leap, he came in and he had a block and he had another shot that was affected there. And, uh, you know, he only played two minutes, but he had two points. And he came in and he was uh, effective in those two minutes that he was in early on. So, I mean, even him's contributing a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Travis, <laughs> that's a point a minute. So, I know. I mean, definitely very take efficient. that. Imagine if he would played, you know, 20 minutes in the game. That's 20 points mm-hmm. he put up. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the only person, Travis, I'm going to say it, the only person who I think didn't contribute and luckily wasn't in there very long is Harris. And, yeah. you know, he played seven minutes, 0 for 2 from 3. Uh, those were the only shots he took. He had a rebound and an assist, but uh, picking up two fouls in seven minutes as well, that's not great. Same thing with RJ Melendez. Uh, again, played 30 minutes, three rebounds. But he has good defense, Eric. He's a dog on the defensive end. I know, and those don't show up in the scorebook <laughs> or in the stat book. I yes, get it. Yes, uh, my guy RJ there. But, eh, yeah, hey, he does play some good Once defense. Once again, keep and... a team under 60, <laughs> under 60 or 70. Well, you got to that 60-point mark there. And, uh, you know, also uh, free throw shooting was better this time around for yes. the Illini as well as they you know, had a lot of uh, free throws left out on the table. We talked about after Indiana, well, they were 6 for 18 last night. And so uh, they do that need was to another clean thing up. that improved. They do need to clean up their three-point game, Travis. 5 of 28, 17%. That's not great. Uh, the only reason, you know, it doesn't look as bad not being talked about is because Ohio State only shot 36% from the field. If Ohio State shoots a little bit better from the field, we're having a different discussion here today. Um, I the line I need to be careful of falling in love and putting up the threes when they're not falling. Last night they weren't falling. Yeah, yeah, I think that's who this team has been for the I last know. several years now. So I don't think that's all that'll change. And you know, it is kind of funny to see them go of five for twenty-eight, and then Ohio State only putting up ten threes in the yeah. entire game. So yeah. just goes to show you the different philosophies. Uh, there are different strokes for different people, I guess. So yeah, I just I don't like teams that fall in love and live and die by the three. Yeah, I know that's new school. That's NBA. That's all that. To me, that's that's a mark of an undisciplined team. And I think, and for, a team that settles, particularly this year, it's been uh, more along the lines of they have been settling for threes and they yeah. just kind of been jacking them up without the flow of the offense really. But you know, the last couple of years, it's been dump it. Right. The name of the game really for three point shooting is to dump it dump down it inside low and then kick it back out yep. when the three's not or when the two's not there. So. Yeah. And and, and it, it's okay, you know, if you're going ten for twenty eight. You can live with that. Five for 28, that seems like a bit much for me. Yeah. Because that is, you know, 20, 23 wasted opportunities on offense. Yeah. I guess so. So. And there was a, a like, couple of months ago, that college that just put up nothing but threes oh, in their game. So, I bet you love that. Awful. I, I, threes are greater than two, Eric. The analytics, falling, baby. Yes, otherwise it's a wasted possession. The analytics, baby. No. <laughs> so uh, the Illini with a complete team effort last night, back in the win column, and uh, they're off for a little bit as uh, their next game isn't occurring until Saturday. And uh, that's a road game as I think we're going to Wisconsin on Saturday. Yes, Yeah, we are. This will be the first kind of big road test, I think, for the Illini. Right, sure, definitely. As uh, you know, normally the Cole Center, a uh, difficult place to play in the 
Big Ten, and so we'll, we'll see what happens on the road there, and also an afternoon game as well as it's a 2 o'clock tip, and so that means 1 o'clock pregame over mm-hmm. on, or not over on, we're here on. We're here. We're, we're not right on the podcast. We're not on the podcast right yet. And so uh, Wisconsin, they're trying to bounce back after taking that loss to uh, Northwestern. So Yeah, Wisconsin, you know, I said it's a true road test. Wisconsin hasn't been playing well lately, so uh, they're just 1-4. Uh, four in their last five so mm. not playing particularly well right now no. um, but this is the closest thing we're going to get to a road test until sure. february so right yep sure so uh we'll see what happens uh, there on uh saturday and i did uh was able to uh, come in here and uh, grab some highlights uh, from the game as you heard here on the uh fighting line network and uh, so uh brian barnhart take it away my friend right wing this is terrence shannon shannon guarded by likely seven to shoot now to Epps around key pass in the corner hawkins right corner three got it They've deflected a couple of shots there and bothered McNeil, who fouled to try to get it back. Let's score here this time. 7-0 run, Ohio State. Meyer, left wing three. Got it. Answers the bell. Likely driving inside the lane. Eight to shoot. Guarded by Meyer. Pass stolen by Shannon. Highlight time with a slam. with a start tonight. Drives to the top of the key. Drives down the lane. Layup is good. Boy, spun it up and in. Boy, the geometry on that one was pretty tough. And he put it up and in. Four for Jaden Epps. 29-21. Two and a half for the half. 29-21 Illinois. Here's Matthew Meyer. Top of the key. Pull up three. Got it. Oh, Matthew Meyer. Boy, he gets going. Look out. His second three of the game. He's got eight. And they align eye with a 32-21 lead. Here comes Illinois in the home white. Shannon. Shannon dribbles left. Gets a pick from Danger. Passes in the right corner. Epps open for three. And he got it. Jaden Epps from the deep right corner has nine. Knocked off his feet. The Illino in the break. Hawkins quickly into the front court. Out top to Jaden Epps. Back to Hawkins. Right wing three. Missed it badly. Rebound Danger. Danger lost the handle. Bouncing around. Gets it back. It slams it in. He checks into the game. Inbound, Epps throws it off of Roddy Gale and put it up and in. Whoa, how about that? Back out top to Shannon. Guarded by Likely. Now to Hawkins. Turns, feed to Shannon. In the corner, Melendez. Short for three. Rebound, Rodgers to Hawkins for the slam. Too little, too late for Ohio State. Game is over. And the Illini with a little rest. Come back. The Buckeyes. They led by as many as 17. They win it by nine at the finish. So there you go. Uh, the highlights uh, you heard here on a 98-9 from uh, Brian Bernhardt from the win over Ohio State uh, last night. Who else uh, got a wins last night? Well, we'll tell you about them at the high school level, and we'll tell you about that coming up next here on the Starting Lineup. The Starting Lineup from 98-9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. If you served in the Vietnam, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. A new law, known as the PACT Act, provides disability compensation, health care, free toxic exposure screenings, and more to veterans who were exposed to toxins during their military service. You can submit a claim for your PACT Act-related benefits now. 
Claims received by August 10, 2023 may be paid back to August 10, 2022. Visit va.gov forward slash PACT to learn more and file your claim. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, starting trouble. No one likes that. We'll get you set up for some stronger starts. You might just need a fresh charge, and we'll take care of that free of charge. But if it is time for a new battery, we've got replacement batteries that'll fit your needs, starting at just $79.99. You can learn more about our battery selection at AutoZone.com. That's what makes us America's number one battery destination. Get in zone, AutoZone. Claim based on data from the NPD Group 2021. Shop limited-time deals at the Truckload event at Lowe's, happening now. Save big on your favorites across the store. During this event, get up to 50% off select tools and accessories. Plus, find the perfect floor tile for your home for less. Get up to 50% off select styles while you can. Head to your local Lowe's store or visit Lowe's.com to shop the Truckload event today. Valid 1229-125 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. See Lowe's.com for details. Discount taken at time of purchase. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, I noticed it's been a few minutes since you thought about when your quarterback ran into his own teammate and fumbled, technically forcing his own fumble, and then the other team took it in for a score, and then you couldn't turn on the TV for a month without being constantly reminded of the time your quarterback sacked himself and fumbled. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Meet Joe A, Joe B, and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B is cruising toward his new ride with AutoSafe. And Joe C's Chase banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect, support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. And now, Eric Fry Sports Center update. Former Indianapolis Colts linebacker Gary Brackett, the owner of the Stacked Pickle Sports Bar chain, has filed for bankruptcy protection. In the filing, all 10 of uh, Brackett's Stacked Pickle locations in Indiana and Ohio were forced to close after the pandemic. Brackett played for the Colts for his entire pro career from 2003 to 2011. He helped the team win Super Bowl 41 against the Chicago Bears. The starting lineup. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. Starting off with the stacked pickle. The stacked pickle. How about yes. that? I've not been there. I, I can't go now. Have not heard of it. Yeah. I, mean, I guess. Well, can't. Nope. You'll never find out about I'll it. You'll never know. On ninety-eight nine, the game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on a 98.9 of the uh, game ESPN radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here talking to you on ESPN radio. 
talk some uh, local sports now and uh, let's just uh, start from the top and run our way down here as uh, the NTC uh, tournament uh, got in a full force full swing uh, last night as four games count them four games occurred yesterday due to the impending weather that we had to come into uh, the area we wanted to get the Wednesday games in so they played uh, the Wednesday sessions after Altamont and uh, Dietrich's games uh, got done and Altamana started off the uh, day as uh, they got off to a little bit of an earlier start than was anticipated, but uh, they defeated Neoga 67-55. And don't worry, Eric, yesterday I did predict that Indians would win the game. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I got you, my friend. And, uh, you know, it was a back-and-forth game early on in the first quarter, uh, but then uh, kind of midway through the quarter, Altamonte, uh, only had a 10-9 to lead, but then they went on a 7-0 run to kind of break the game open. Uh, really, it was the story of the game was uh, the uh, post for uh, the Altamont Indians as uh, Kata Miller, he got it started in the very first quarter. Um, he had like uh, six points in the early going, I want to say, and that got off Altamont to a great start, 21-10, to but uh, Nioga for three quarters never really went away as, uh, you know, they kept getting staying close uh brady reynolds was a big factor in that quentin richards as well and reynolds went off in the uh third quarter as manny had like 12 points in that quarter alone and he tried to keep the game in it and also eric coleman came up big as well he had eight points in the third quarter and he ended up leading the way in the points department with 18 and that was good that the offensive rebounding was going early uh, because the three-pointers weren't falling yesterday i don't know if it was the early start but uh, coach cool that's what he kind of chalked mm -hmm. it up to be in the post-game interview there of just the earlier start maybe but i think it was good that Altamont got this you know uh not typical three-point shooting day right. out of the way and luckily uh other areas uh were working as well and i know that uh reynolds ended up uh, with a big point total of 25 points and he did have some three-pointers and a couple of deep ones as well uh but i know so Altamont will try to clean up their defensive uh spot and i just realized that i needed to flip-flop the box score uh there on the uh on the story that we have here but um, uh, you know, I think so Altamont, this is kind of what they needed to come back after right. uh, last week's, uh, game. And I think they feel a lot better uh, about this one, even though they're not completely satisfied, but they, uh, will, uh, advance on. Yeah. They, they did like you said, survive and advance. Is what that's Coach all Cole you need said. to do in a tournament. Yeah. You just need to survive and make it to the next round. And that's what Altamont did. And, and like you said, sometimes it's not about winning with your strengths. Sometimes it's about winning with your weaknesses. And Altamont's strength, without a doubt, is their three-point shooting. Well, that wasn't there last night, but they've still found a way to win. That's the mark of a good team. Mm -hmm. So uh, the win streak continues for Altamont. It's up to 12 now, and they approved a 17-3 on the season and advance to a Thursday's semifinals. And who will they meet there? Well, they will meet the uh, five-seed Dietrich as uh, they defeated Windsor's Two Straws last night, 60-46. This was a close game uh, through uh, three quarters, and Dietrich was in, in control after uh, every one of them. And it seemed like Windsor was close, but they could just never get over that uh, final hurdle. And that was also uh, later on in the night. That would be the story of the night as well. And Dietrich 
put it away in the fourth quarter with 17 of fourth quarter points there to win 60 to 46. And Gephardt led the way for Dietrich. He poured in 22 in the win. Westendorf had 18. Uh, Funneman had 13. And uh, that was the double figure scores for Dietrich. And uh, four wins is two straws. Austin Wittenberg had 16. Jordan Wittenberg had 14. But no one else was uh, close to uh, double figures for the Hatchets. So. Uh, really, only the uh, Wittenbergs uh, offensively uh, were there to rely on last night uh, for Windsor. And I, I thought that Dietrich was pretty much in control uh, the whole game, and they finished off in the fourth quarter. So it'll be a rematch of Altamont and Dietrich. They already faced off once this season mm-hmm. with Altamont picking up the win there in Altamont as well. So we'll see what happens this go around in the uh, conference tournament semis on Thursday there. So that'll be the last game of the uh, night. And uh, so it'll be uh, Nioga sliding into the uh, Constellation side and they'll meet Wednesday's two straws there, approximately 6.30 on uh, Thursday. And uh, it was the next game after that was a pretty entertaining one as North Clay comes back in the fourth quarter and uh, they defeated South Central. And that one was by four points, 57-53. to South Central was really in control for most of that first half, and uh, Aiden Dotson was just playing like a man possessed out there and making plays left and right and making big shots. He had 31 points for uh, South Central. And, uh, you know, uh, Benera, he had 10 points, but that was the only other double-figure scorer for South Central. And North Clay came back in the second half with uh, Vengeance. You know, uh, they were down by 10 at the half, but they closed the, the gap to 44-38 after three. Then uh, North Clay with a 19-9 to final quarter beats South Central. And uh, uh, North Clay, uh, Booz led the way. He had 20 points. Uh, Zimdars, he had uh, 13. Uh, so did Smith as well. And uh, Fleener only having uh, four points. He did play last night, and you can kind of tell that it was uh, an ankle issue that kept him out of the game the other day. And he even had like a little spill towards the bleachers and the black seats uh, at the base of him, and he kind of came up a little hobbled there. Uh, but he gutted it through, and uh, you know he was kind of kept quiet for for the night. And you can kind of tell it was affecting him a little bit, and obviously a low lower point total than he's used to uh, there. But North Clay, gutsy performance, and they found a way to win to advance on to the semis. Like, and, like we said with Altamont, sometimes it's not your best night that gets you the win. You just do just enough. Right, yeah, and they came up when they needed plays mm-hmm. the most in the fourth. Uh, and uh, St. Anthony, uh, they defeated St. Elmo Brownstown, a 51 a 2 of 45. This one was a rock fight early as St. Elmo, 10-9 lead. Neither one could get anything going offensively in that first quarter. It got a little bit better in the second. St. Anthony did come back and get the edge by three at the half. They led 20-17. to 17. Uh, They extended that out in the third quarter. Uh, St. Elmo tried to make it a game of it in the fourth quarter. St. Anthony, they left the door open a little bit with free throws as they missed some free throws that could have put uh, St. Elmo away. Uh, but St. Elmo uh, was close. And if I would compare this to like a boxing match, I would compare it to, you know, SEB. They landed some body blows or some glancing blows. They mm-hmm. just couldn't find that haymaker uh, there. It's like they were down by four. And I think uh, a couple of opportunities there for big threes if they would have went in. Uh, but they just couldn't land that one big haymaker to uh, beat St. Anthony uh, there. But, you know, they played 
well for uh, SEB, just unfortunately uh, falling there. So uh, Friday night, it's set. The other semifinal uh, will be in North Clay and uh, St. Anthony, and this is another rematch as they matched up early in uh, November, and uh, so we'll see how it is in late January and this one for a, a spot in the championship game on Saturday. And then uh, South Central, uh, they will slide to the Constellation site as well as they'll meet CHBC at 5 o'clock on Thursday there in uh, that one. And rest of the way, schedule should remain the same. Right. Uh, and uh, San Amo Brownstown will take on the winner in the Constellation bracket of uh, CHBC and South Central on mm -hmm. Friday, first game of the day uh, there. So uh, four games last night, but on schedule for the rest of the week. So we'll see how the rest of the week shakes out there. Uh, Lincoln Prairie Conference Tournament continued in Argenta, and it was uh, Decatur LSA uh, picking up the win over Cumberland in a rematch, 60-39. But, man, oh, man, Cumberland, that first quarter, but then they played mm -hmm. well after that in the middle quarters, and then uh, LSA showed back up in the fourth. Uh, there ended up picking the up the win, sixty to thirty nine. Yeah, if Cumberland could have just had the second and third quarters count only, <laughs> yeah. they'd be moving on to the championship game in this tournament. Unfortunately, like you said, dug themselves a hole twenty one to nine after that first quarter of play. Um, Hill uh, uh, for LSA just came out, and Sebastian Hill was just dominant in that first half, Travis. He had 19 points. That is just about as much as Cumberland had as a team in that first half. He had wow. 19 points at the half. He ended up finishing for LSA with uh, 24 points. So Cumberland shut him down that second half. Cumberland made a run of it. They made a game out of it at one point. It was a four-point game, and the LSA crowd that was there in that third quarter when Cumberland made it a four-point game were quiet. I mean, wow. it was stunned. And, you know, they didn't know what was happening. And you're thinking, oh, here we go. Four like like we game. talked about, Cumberland always finds a way to have some magic at the conference tournament. And I thought, here we go. Yeah. They've got it. This is the magic we were talking about. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. Cinderella struck midnight at the end of the third quarter, not the fourth quarter. Uh, and the Pirates gave up 20, outscored 20 to 5 in that final quarter. And as Coach said post game, he said, I was so proud of the way we played in the first three quarters. But I was so disappointed in the way we played in that fourth quarter. Uh, sure. He said he felt like the team just gave up. And uh, that's never a feeling you want as a coach, um, especially when you are you fought and you battled and you scratched and you clawed and you get back into it. And you, 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 you hate that the, the end of it ends hmm. the way it does because 60-39 to 39 is the box score. That's not the game it was. Sure. Up until midway yeah, through that fourth corner, Cumberland was right there. And, yeah. and had a shot at it in that second half. So instead, the Pirates will take uh, the loss here. Now, the one good thing, if there is a good thing for Cumberland, and that is in the second game of the night, Sarah Gordo fell to Okaw Valley. So you will not get Okaw Valley again for a third time. <sighs> you will get a new team in Sarah Gordo on Saturday at 530 for third place in the conference tournament. I talked to Coach about that post game. I said, well, you know, you and Okaw Valley are tied at one each. You got to have the rubber match. And he said, oh, don't worry. We'll probably see him in regionals. So <laughs> he's, uh, he's already ready for that. But <laughs> already anticipating. He's already, that. yeah, look at, <laughs> looking ahead as coach uh, for, for Okaw Valley. So he said, I, you know, we'll play whoever's in front of us, obviously. But I, I'm sure it's sure. a good thing for these kids. It's hard to play a team twice, mm -hmm. let alone three times in a year. Yeah, That's tough. Possibly four. 
Mm-hmm. What else can you pull out? Yeah. Nothing. So yeah, uh, No new bag of tricks. No. But uh, Cumberland was led by Gavin Hendricks. He had 13 points. Max McElroy, second straight game with 13 points yeah. and six rebounds. So mm-hmm. um, he's definitely put it together. And then Grady Jones had uh, – I, I have 10 here, but I, I think it was nine points actually um, on, on the night off the bench. Made two big threes, and Coach said, hey, you know, we know what he can do shooting the ball. He's a great mm-hmm. shooter. His defense is a liability. And at some points, just in rotation and working, Jones, the freshman, got put on uh, Sebastian Hill, who Ooh. is one of the better, best players for LSA, like we said. Yeah. And that was just a mismatch that LSA took advantage of. The Cumberland defense just couldn't make the stops they needed to at the end. They forced mm. Travis 16 turnovers for LSA, which for an undefeated team is a lot of turnovers. Right, yeah. So hmm. they were there. They just couldn't... Uh, couldn't put it away at the end. Uh, couldn't, couldn't get it done in nope. the end. So uh, LSA improves to uh, 20 and 0 on the yep. season, and they advance to the championship game. And like you were alluding to there, Okaw Valley beat Saragordo 52 41 to advance to the championship as well there on a Saturday. Over in the junior high uh, gym, it was a consolation bracket action. It was Villa Grove over Heritage, 65-55, and it was Arthur over Tri-County, 69-248. Was the final score there in that one in the Little Illini Conference Tournament there in Olney the semifinals for the championships as Olney they defeated Lawrenceville held serve on their home floor 55 to 53 in a closely contested game there so Olney advances to the championship game and we had an upset as Newton they defeated Casey 59 to 52 as Newton got off to a great start led doubled them up 18 to 9 after one Casey comes back and has a 16 to four second quarter they pull ahead at the half 25 22 they lead 39 37 so Newton cut the gap a little bit there and then uh, it was a 22 to 13 final quarter for the Eagles to get it done to take down a Casey so the three it takes down the two there in the little line conference tournament Nichols leads the way for Newton he had 21 Wolf had 20 for the Eagles uh Casey was led uh, by uh, Clement. He had uh, 19 points, and Parcels, he had 18 points as well for the Warriors. So uh, Newton now 15 and 7 since Casey to their fifth loss of the season, 14 and a 5 on the year now. So in the championship, it'll be Olney versus Newton. Yeah, and that Olney game, Travis, it took a layup, a steal, and a layup with 40 seconds left for Olney to get that win. Wow, that's what that's what it came down to. So Lawrenceville, you know, we talked all season, kind of where are they at? They started off the season so strong, kind of fell off here towards the end. They gave Olney all they could handle, and so wow. now you got the rivalry of Olney Newton for the championship. Yeah. Uh, down there the in Olney, in Olney, that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, nice. So, uh, like to see that rivalry mm-hmm. there in the championship, and uh, we'll uh, see what it is. I think that one was scheduled for a Friday. Friday, yes, uh, night yes. there. Uh, other action in a non-tournament action, it was Mount Zion over Totopolis, 68 to a 61. Uh, T-Town actually had a four-point lead after one quarter, uh, but then Mount Zion it came, comes back there in the second quarter and regains the lead, 29-25 at the half. They led by 10 after three, and then a high-scoring affair there in the final quarter. T-Town outscores them 23-20, to but Mount Zion it gets the W as Mount Zion 21-2. and Good team there are the uh, Braves this season. They were led by Custer. He had 20. Uh, Driscoll, he had 13. Uh, Trimble and Cuddy both had 11 for the Braves. Uh, 
The top list was led by Brendan Niebury. He had 18 points. Gaddis had 12. Seymour had 11. And James Niebury had a 10. But the shoes fall to 16 and 5 now. It was Tuscola over Arthur Ocock Christian, 80 to uh, 66. It was Vandelia over Central AM, 78 to uh, 54. And it was FEM over Oblong Palha, 83 to uh, 27. Did have a couple of girls games snuck in there last night. That is Dietrich. They defeated Sandoval, 49 to uh, 22. And all they defeated Lincoln. Only defeated Vincennes Lincoln. Vincennes that Lincoln, is. yes. 46 to 40 there in high school girls basketball. And uh, as the schedule that we have, and now uh, still the Little Illini Conference Tournament continues uh, tonight for the consolation 7th uh, place game and 5th place game as we have scheduled right now. Marshall against Paris and Robinson against Mount Carmel. They're in only, maybe, possibly tonight. Scheduled as of this moment, it is still scheduled. Gotcha. So uh, we'll uh, be uh, taking a look at those scores for you tomorrow. Coming up here on the uh, program as the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame announced who was going in uh, this year, and only one person—well, technically two—but one person gets uh, voted in, and we'll take a look at uh, Scott Rowland, and we'll talk about him coming up next here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. This is Effingham Fire Chief Brent Yoakum. We have all heard about home fires, taking lives, and destroying all that a family owns. These tragedies remind us to double-check for fire safety. The Effingham Fire Department says, make sure your home has properly installed and working smoke alarms. Replace the batteries each time you change the hour on your clocks. Practice a fire escape plan. Teach children never to hide if there's a fire. In case of fires, the most important thing to do is to protect life. Get out and stay out. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Topless State Bank. And Topless Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Wendy's knows cold and soggy fries are the worst. So soggy. That's why we're serving up hot and crispy fries all day, every day. And all night. Until close. With natural cut potatoes, sea salted to perfection. Show me that potato skin. Wendy's hot and crispy aren't like other fries. We're your dream fry. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's hot and crispy fries. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. If yours aren't, bring them back and we'll replace them. The Hoop Collective Podcast. I'm at our ESPN LA studios. You may remember that Bev did a couple of days of work for ESPN last year. Oh, I remember. I was on with him. He left a gorgeous Dolce & Gabbana suit here that is just spectacular. You should wear it on TV today, Brian. I do not believe it will fit me, only because the arms are too long. (laughs) You're across the street. Come over and get it. It's got to be at least a $7,000 suit. The Hoop Collective Podcast. Listen on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, Eric Fry, Sports Center update. The Colts reportedly believe they could get wide receiver Paris Campbell back from injury before season's end. Campbell underwent foot surgery after catching a touchdown in the Week 6 win over the Titan, te- 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 Texans and has been working to return since. 
the starting lineup. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, and that's Eric Fry stumbling and bumbling through the you Sports know, Center. Read what they, they need to get uh, similar teams that have the same name out of the same division. Titans, Titans, Texans? and Texans. Hmm. Both start with T's. Get them out of there. On ninety-eight-nine, the game. Eric Fry, Sports Center update. The Blues surrendered three goals in the first period during a 5-3 loss to the Buffalo Sabres at the Enterprise Center. St. Louis trailed by four in the second period for Ryan back to get within a goal in the third period, but Buffalo scored in the last minute of regulation to seal the deal. St. Louis remains in sixth place in the Central Division with 49 points and a 23-22-3 record. Blues visit the Coyotes tomorrow night. St. Louis City SC played to a 2-2 draw with Philadelphia in its first exhibition match as an MLS squad in Fort Myers yesterday. St. Louis is scheduled to play Inter-Miami on Saturday. The Bulls blew a 21-point lead during a 116-110 loss to the Indiana Pacers at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Chicago was outscored 70-48 in the second half of the contest. DeMar DeRozan led Chicago with 33 points in the losing effort. Bulls are now in 10th place in the Eastern Conference with a 22-25 record. They visit the Hornets tomorrow night. The Blackhawks gave up four unanswered goals to end a 5-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks at Rogers Arena. Blackhawks remain last place in the Central Division. They visit the Flames tomorrow night. White Sox pitcher Mike Clevenger is under investigation for allegedly violating Major League Baseball's domestic violence apology. Clevenger is being accused of, quote, several acts of domestic violence and child abuse, end quote. A woman named Olivia Feinstein is claiming that Clevenger emotionally and physically abused his three children and their two mothers, including herself. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on a 98.9. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports Center. Hey, it's great signing by the White Sox there. Yeah, can we can we just finish that up real quick? Sure. Uh, this lady has been talking with MLB investigators since last summer, but she took to social media yesterday to monitor her accusations. The White Sox are refraining from comment <laughs> until MLB's investigation has concluded. And somewhere, are. Trevor Bauer better be going. Excuse me. <laughs> hey. He better be getting suspended, too. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And I, may have thrown a little shade at Fernando Tatis. Jr. Yes, after, that was the other one I saw. After uh, him getting suspended for a PDs. Yeah. Uh, maybe yep. you should uh, not throw stones <laughs> at glass houses uh, there, Mike Clevenger. So, we'll see how that situation uh, shakes out. All right. Last night, uh, speaking of uh, baseball, the Hall of Fame re- revealed who was getting into the Hall of Fame uh, this year. Uh, special uh, Fred McGriff got voted in, and a special little vote, I guess uh, you would say. So uh, we are waiting to see who would get in, and only one other person is going to be voted into uh, Cooperstown, and uh, that was none other than. Scott Rowland, that's right. Uh, Scotty Rowland received a 76%, 76.3% of the uh, votes in the uh, baseball's Baseball Writer Associations of America. And uh, so Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer now. Yeah, and, you know, congratulations. Um, would you say Travis deserved? That's what I was going to bring up because I've seen some people be like, well... He was a good guy, yeah, and he was a great defender, but his offensive stats are kind of average. Here's the problem, Travis, and this is this is no offense at all to um, oh, I remember that to Scott so Rowland. 
and that is uh, the writers, Travis. The average ballot contained 5.86 names, down from 7.11 last year, with 13.9% of the voters using all 10 slots, down from 33.8%. If they're not going to fill out the ballots with the 10 names, if you think 10 is too many or you don't think there's 10 deserving, too bad. The, the name is 10. We have to have consistency with this. Yeah. If people just aren't turning in, if you're going from seven names down to five, that you you can't do that. Yeah. Because it messes up. For those people who now are going to be off the ballot, they can go, well, wait a minute. You added two more names last year. Now, it yeah. could be a thing of, well, no one's deserving. Yeah, but there are some pretty good players that were on this list. Right. Now, uh, Todd Helton was the second yes. leading uh, vote-getter, and he had 72.2% of the votes. He had 11 votes short of an induction, uh, but he does have uh, five more years on the ballot, so you would anticipate him being uh, voted in uh, next year. Uh, other ones that thought about uh, were going to be slam dunks was Billy Wagner. Uh, now everyone, you can throw in the argument of he was just a closer, uh, and he had 68% of the votes he uh, still uh, has two more years left to be eligible for the ballot and also Andrew Jones finished with 58.1% of the votes he still has four more years of eligibility and old Gary Sheffield got 55% of the votes uh, there which is up last year he was only at 40.6% last year which is interesting Travis now he's he's in his ninth year of eligibility Mm -hmm. next will be his 10th and final year but he was named in the Mitchell report. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So to me, that's interesting. The other people, A-Rod, he went up from last year. So did Manny Ramirez. Also went up. Mm-hmm. Now, is it significant enough? We'll have to wait and see. A-Rod uh, went up um, to 35.7%, up from 34.3%. So it's not a huge jump, but he's only in his second year. Mm-hmm. So... We'll have to wait and see, but uh, all right, let's just call this what this is, Travis. <laughs> okay. And that is the the way they do this Hall of Fame, this Hall of Fame in general is it's a sham. Well, yes, it is. It's a hundred percent a sham. It's yeah. it's a I don't like you for reason A, B, C, D, E, or F, whatever reason you want to pick. Right. He wasn't nice to me in the locker room whenever I tried to interview him, so I'm not putting him on my list. That yep. is preposterous. Yep. 100%. Mm-hmm. That should not affect hey. what they did on the field. I know. We're, this isn't a Hall of Fame for great people. And Scott Rowland Clearly. is a good person. I'm not, I'm not, you know, but let's be honest. He's not a name when you think of, sure, Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm not thinking Scott Rowland. Yeah. No offense to him. Right, yeah. And, you know, if you dive deeper into the stats of uh, Scott, you know, uh, he does have eight gold gloves, which that's only behind, like, Brooks Robinson, 
uh, Nolan Arenado, and there's another one uh, in there. Uh, and he does have the uh, uh, 10th best uh, war out of all third basemen, if you want to believe in the wins above replacement uh, stats. So, uh, and the only person that's not in the Hall of Fame yet that's better at the war is Adrian Beltre, and he's not eligible yet, which he will be eligible next season. So, uh, he was obviously a better defender than what he was offensively. His offensive stats are uh, kind of average, uh, but also I can remember some pretty clutch moments in the postseason there in 2004. To that, of course, didn't win that, but uh, still pretty good. And then in 06 as well. So he already has a little bit of a nod for me with a World Series ring. Uh, his career, 281 average, 364 on base percentage, 490 slug percentage. 316 home runs, 1,287 RBIs, and 2,077 hits there, and an eight-time Gold Glove Award winner. Mike Schmidt was the other name uh, in there uh, that has the most Gold Gloves uh, besides uh, Scott Rowland. Seven-time All-Star as well. Hit 421 in the postseason in 06. Again, I'm not arguing, but a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah. It's his first year. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm sorry, Scott Rowland's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Right, he just isn't, and it's well, because of the fact, like you said, he wasn't first ballot. This was his first year. He's been on the ballot since 2018. Has he? Yeah, he actually had an amazing comeback. He had uh, only 10.2 percent of the votes in 2018. You're right. You're right. I apologize. It's the lowest first year percentage for any player ever voted in. So what a comeback it was for Scott Rowland. He jumps up from 10.2 percent to a 76 percent in only a, a few years. Now, there's a name we haven't talked about, Travis, that I find very interesting, and this is their first year. I did the research on this, and that is the 46.5 percent that Carlos Beltran got. Right, yeah. Because of the Astros scandal. Mm-hmm. Right. If, that has nothing to do with him as a player no, or anything. But, but still, yeah. if he gets in with that scandal that has been proven that he was a part of, mm-hmm. right. and we're not going to elect A-Rod or Bonds or Clemens, mm-hmm. then you might as well just take this Hall of Fame and shove it down the toilet. <laughs> because it is clearly... I don't like this person. Right. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of how Bonds was as well. Not only just the allegations with steroids, but also he wasn't very well liked in the media as well. So I think that whole steroid thing is just kind of like a cop-out thing for for that aspect. So I agree with you uh, 100% with, you know, it's about who these voters like and don't like. Think of other other sports if it was like this. We know that MJ wasn't great to reporters. We know, and it wasn't great to teammates. We've heard documentaries about that. You know, Michael Irvin is someone who wasn't great to reporters. Dion wasn't great to reporters during his time. You know, mm-hmm. are these Hall of Fame players? Yes, because of what they did on the field. Right. Yeah. To me, it should be the same thing. Right. Yeah, and Baseball Hall of Fame won't be legit until Barry Bonds is in there and the all-time hits leader as well yes. is in there as well. So. Yep, <laughs> so I agree. that's uh, everything that you need to know about uh, baseball. But then the last thing here on uh, Scott Rowland is I was kind of unsure on whether his credentials were Hall of Fame worthy until I saw him tell his parents uh, that he made the Hall that of Fame. Was I thought that was very, that was very nice. Uh, nice and very touching. That yeah. definitely 
uh, hit me in the heartstrings uh, for sure for some reason. So what's he going in as? That's true. Yeah, that's the next question. Is he going to be a, a Philly? He did play slightly more games he in did. his career than Philadelphia. I totally forgot he was a Blue Jay with those yeah. awful gray uniforms. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and he was also a Cincinnati Red uh, as well, finishing up his career. But of course, known for Phillies and Cardinals. And he Cardinals. Did, he did win the World Series with the Cardinals. So. He did, but he won Rookie of the Year with the Phillies. Yeah, that's true. And so. he did not uh, say whether he was going to wear. Either one. I think he's waiting to decide, or he could just go with a blank hat. A blank hat, yeah. So there's that. I would say Cardinals, but. Well, you're a little biased. So. I am slightly biased on that. So uh, Scotty Rowland is a Hall of a Famer. Todd Helton, you'll have to wait till next year. Randy Moss is another football player I thought of who wasn't great with the media, Randy and he's Moss. still a Hall of Famer. That's so. true. So uh, some other uh, new Hall of Fame candidates next year, they'll be on the ballot uh, for their first time Adrian Beltre, uh, Joe Maurer, Chase Utley, Jose Batista, jeez, Bartolo uh, Colon, Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Holiday, Victor Martinez. Oh, man, that's a great name. Uh, Jose Reyes, David Wright, and Brandon Phillips. Oh, BP. Is he a Hall of Famer? <laughs> he is eligible for the Hall of Fame next year. Now, to be fair, I don't think Jose <laughs> Batista should be in the Hall of Fame, but his bat flip should be. So <laughs> That's uh, true. I'll point that out. If, if we true. could it's vote on, on a moment to make it into the Hall of Fame, that bat flip should be in there. But didn't didn't he have some allegations with steroids too? Probably. Probably. So, I mean, that's how, why I'm not voting him in, Travis. I'm just voting in the bat flip. How can he be such a terrible hitter in Pittsburgh or wherever he was if, playing, and then if we could just slugging get, home runs left and right in Toronto? Can we just get a bronze statue of the bat flip and just call that good? It's true. Yeah, that's what it should be. <laughs> so uh, Scott Rowland voted in the Hall of Fame uh, last night, and we're up against the clock, and let's close it out. Squeezing as much national sports as we can here with uh, college basketball NBA coming up next. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Alex Walk. If you are buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows that you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with construction loan customized just for you. Ask around and talk with your friends, and you'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank and Teutopolis Sigel in Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. And now, this outpouring of love for... Tom Brady is what we are beginning with today. Everyone showering this man with love and goatness. How about it? The starting lineup. Almost every single one of Brady's Super Bowls has been clouded with controversy, and that seems what people are forgetting. And let's not forget that so a couple Super Bowls were gifted to him. The tuck rule, the... You can't the blame him for the referee stuff. You can't blame referee. him, but he benefited from it. Okay, everyone gets a call. They benefited from it last night as well. Which which rule? Which which one of those penalties? Whenever the Chiefs are holding, that was so ticky tacky. Come on, it's a Super Bowl. Let them play. On ninety-eight nine, the game. Back in here to the uh, starting lineup, 
98.9 the game we're only here on 98.9 we just say a smidge bit longer let's close out of the show talking to some college basketball and nba really quick last night in the big 10 other matchup was a rutgers and a penn state and rutgers won this one easily by 20 65 to 5 defending home court there other action in uh, top 25 uh, last night, it was uh, Iowa State, of course. Naturally, they took down Kansas State, 82-76. Uh, uh, so Kansas State will tumble in the polls. Uh, Texas, uh, they beat Oklahoma State, 89-75. TCU over Oklahoma, 79-52. It's Miami over Florida State, 86-63. And it was Clemson over Georgia Tech, 72-1. or 72-1 was the final score there action going on tonight xavier they will meet uconn that's 13 versus 19 number three houston against ucf so been good matchup in football georgia against number four tennessee but only tennessee is ranked uh, butler against number 23 providence uh, mississippi state against number two alabama texas a&m against number 15 auburn there tonight as well Anything going on in the uh, Big Ten tonight? We got Wisconsin against Maryland, Northwestern against Nebraska, and Indiana squares off against Minnesota at the barn tonight. There, so Wisconsin prepping for the Illini. Yeah. And they'll do it against uh, Maryland, against the Terps there tonight. So we'll see how uh, they fare, and we'll take a look at that tomorrow on the program. Let's talk about the NBA uh, quickly uh, to uh, close out the show. Action uh, from last night. Uh, the Bulls, they lost. They lost to the Pacers, 116-110. to It was the Heat over the Celtics, 98-95. Uh, it was the uh, Knicks over the Cavs, 105-103. to Nuggets over the Pelicans, 99-98. to Jokic, it's another night of the office for him. Triple-double, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Wizards, uh, 127-126 over the uh, Mavs. A squeak by at the buzzer there. And uh, the Suns, maybe the Hornets, 128-97. to uh, And it was the Clippers in the battle for L.A. over the Lakers, 133-115. to LeBron shows up, 46 points, but no one else does. And uh, so the Lakers fall here. He now has 40 points against every team. He does. He's now scored 40 against every team I in the league. I did see that. Yes, that is a crazy stat there. Even though it was totally garbage time and they were losing the game. but <laughs> uh, Russ did have 17. Uh, Bryant had uh, 15. But that was pretty much it. So yep. nobody else but LeBron scoring points. So... Uh, inching a little bit closer to uh, Kareem there last night. Going on uh, tonight, Pacers back in action against the Magic and Nets and 76ers, Wizards, Rockets, Nuggets, Bucks, D-Wolves, Pelicans, Hawks, Thunder, Grizzlies, Warriors, Jazz, Blazers, Raptors, Kings, Spurs, Lakers. Two games on ESPN tonight are the Nets and uh, 76ers and the Grizzlies against the Warriors for you. 
on ESPN this evening. That does it here for us on Terrestrial Radio. And coming up, we'll talk more about uh, the NHL coming up in the uh, pod, plus a few more things Mm -hmm. coming up in the pod as well. So uh, catch us there. And if not, we'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, coming up next here on ESPN Radio is Fitz and Harry. So enjoy. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to overtime of the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry here as well. And coming up, we're going to be talking some NHL. Clean that up from last night and see what else we can get into as well. So, uh, is there anything on sports center that you wanted to get yeah, to? Let's talk about it. the Colts are beginning to narrow down their list of head coaching candidates. On Tuesday, it was revealed that Indianapolis would like to bring in Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn for a second interview, as well as uh, Denver Broncos defensive coordinator uh, Ivero for a second interview. Jeff Saturday supposedly is having his second, second interview, interview today. Yeah. So, we'll see yep. about that. <laughs> The Packers star quarterback is open to reworking his contract to help facilitate a trade. Aaron Rodgers joined the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday and said, quote, there's a lot of teams because of COVID that are strapped. And you're seeing with a lot of different contracts are pushing more money out in deals. Rodgers says he needs to decide on his football future first for entertaining any trade destinations. So there's that for you. The Patriots have found their next offensive coordinator, according to ESPN. Bill O'Brien will return to New England after agreeing to a deal Tuesday. Come the new OC, the 53-year-old spent the past two seasons as the offensive coordinator under Nick Saban at Alabama. O'Brien had been the Patriots quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator until leaving to become head coach at Penn State in 2012. He also spent time as head coach of the Houston Texans. We saw how that turned out as well. Uh, Cowboys running back Tony Pollard has undergone surgery on his left ankle, according to multiple sources. Pollard suffered a high ankle sprain and a fractured fibula in Sunday's divisional loss to the 49ers. 25-year-old underwent a, quote, tightrope, end quote, procedure on his ankle that should leave him at full strength well before training camp. The fractured fibula is expecting to heal with time. Pollard is set to hit free agency for the first time in his career this March. The Lakers could be getting their big man back. ESPN reports that Anthony Davis is expected to play tonight's game against the Spurs. Davis will play for the first time in nearly six weeks, barring any type of setback during pregame warm-ups. 29-year-old has been sidelined since December 16th with a uh, fractured bone spur and a stress reaction in his right foot. Davis will reportedly be on a 20-24 to minute restriction. The NBA Travis is making changes to its all-star game format. The league announced on Tuesday that two team captains will pick their squads just before tip-off in Salt Lake City. It's the first time in All-Star Game history that both teams will be decided right before the game starts. It's also the sixth time the quote-unquote team captain format will be used. Nets for Kevin Durant says he wants to play in the mid-season classic and is working hard to recover from a knee injury. The All-Star Game takes place February 19th. And speaking of Durant, he is progressing well from his MCL sprain. He's hoping to play in that All-Star Game but won't do anything to disrupt the healing process if it's determined to be in his best interest to sit out the break. On Tuesday, Brooklyn announced that Durant would begin running and on-court activities and then would be reevaluated in another two weeks. He suffered the MCL sprain when Miami Heat star Jimmy Butler accidentally fell into his right knee on January 8th. 
And finally. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you move on. Okay. You called the NBA All-Star Game the mid-season classic. That's what it said. That's what it said in the article. <laughs> I was like, I've never once heard. Kevin Durant says he wants to play in the mid-season classic. The mid-season classic. What is this, baseball midsummer classic? Blame the AP, Travis. This is not me. Oh, gosh. It's like, all right. And then the schoolyard pick them for Yeah, right for before the game starts. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hmm. I want you and you and you. Yeah, exactly. Well, we know who's going first. Mm. It's Charles Barkley. I've seen that commercial. Right. It's Charles Barkley. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I guess that'll be interesting. They practice they don't practice with each other and then just kind of thrown out there what does it matter there's no defense there's no plays yeah i mean i'm glad they're going to a schoolyard format because it's a schoolyard game like yeah. it's totally pick up street ball it's not mm-hmm. there's no need to practice there's no cohesiveness with the team none of that exists i guess In the nba all-star game everyone just goes out there to try to put up 48 points in honor of kobe or 24 or However many, right? When the Kobe Bryant All Star Game MVP, mm-hmm. yeah, I and like the NBA All Star Game. It's the best of the All Star <laughs> Games. I'll give them that. It's the most well, entertaining. We'll have, to, we'll have to see what the uh, NFL has in store for their All Star oh, yeah, Game. I can't wait. <laughs> and finally, the Pelicans are updating the status of Zion Williamson. New Orleans announced on Tuesday that the forward is progressing from his hamstring injury will be reevaluated in two weeks. Williamson suffered the injury January 2nd, and recent tests have shown that his hamstring is healing as expected. The 22-year-old is averaging 26 points, 7 rebounds per game this season. Williams has been limited to just 29 games after dealing with some injuries this year. What? Zion's hurt? Right. Oh, shocker. <laughs> that was just after we were, we were saying, oh, hey, Zion, he may not be a bust after all, and he was doing good. And we jinxed them. Yep, and the Pelicans are still doing good, so it wasn't Zion. <clears throat> yeah, I mean he yeah, was he was not. part of it, but yeah, mm-hmm. I still don't think yeah. John Morant has outplayed him. Sorry, mm. they were in the same draft class. Yeah, so um, all right, I I have another couple stories here. You ready for this? All right, yep. Well, first of all, let's get you caught up on some baseball news you may not know about. The Red Sox acquired uh, Montesi in a trade with the Royals. Uh, the Twins also got uh, Michael A. Taylor in a trade with the Royals as well. So that's uh, Royals starting to sell people off there. Yeah, yeah I did see that. Yeah. And then uh, the case of the stolen scooter, Travis, has been stolen solved. Stolen scooter. Yes. Cleveland police recovered Guardians manager Terry Francona's beloved two-wheeled ride Tuesday night after it was swiped from outside his downtown apartment this past weekend. Team spokesperson said police located the scooter and arrangements were being made with Francona to pick it up on Wednesday. Scooter was being stored with the Cleveland Police Traffic Unit motorcycles for safekeeping. Francona, who won the AL Manager of the Year last season, has been riding a scooter from his residency to Progressive Field for years now. Earlier, police spokeswoman Sergeant Jennifer Siaka said detectives were checking surveillance video in the area. The 63-year-old Francona, who spends the offseason in Arizona, was in Cleveland over the weekend for Guards Fest, the team's annual winter fan festival. And he noticed his scooter was missing before attending the event on Saturday. It's common to see Francona, known as Tito, waving to fans as he zips around the city. The team had a bobblehead giveaway a few years ago with Francona. Francona 
riding his scooter. This isn't the first time that his scooter has made news, however, as in spring training in 2015, his ride was damaged when a team employee crashed it during a promotional shoot in Arizona. At the time, oh, Frank Kona no. joked that his scooter was on the disabled list. The <laughs> theft is the second involving a prominent Cleveland sports figure in recent weeks as a pickup truck owned by Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson was one of several vehicles stolen from an area car dealership. The truck, which was being serviced, was later discovered in a ditch. Two-time World Series with Boston. Francona has spent 10 years there before coming back. He's, he has been slowed by health problems in the past two few seasons, but he says he's feeling great and looking forward to the 2023 season. So, yeah. there you Tito. go. Don't be a sports athlete in Cleveland. Now we know why LeBron went to L.A. Tito. Way less crime, crime in, uh, in L.A. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Tito in the scooter. Yep. Ah, oh, man. But scooter going missing. Mm-hmm. Dang. So. I mean, when would you have time to ride a scooter in Cleveland? I think that's only like a summer thing. I would yeah. think of like scooters like all year round, like somewhere in Florida or somewhere in I mean, California. Yeah, but I mean, March to September, October, it's a good nine no. months. Yeah. No, not March and September. Yeah. It's too cold. No, it's not bad. Riding on the high winds no. of a... Uh, you're Whatever in the city. You got big, big buildings blocking the wind. Yeah, I guess it's even worse. Stop and start traffic. Well, you're supposed to yield for pedestrians, including people on scooters. Maybe they have a bike lane like we have here in Effingham. Maybe. You just but they do through there. Yep. But they do. So. But then that's not really. It's a scooter. It's not really a a bike. Well, I don't know the legalities of Cleveland uh, municipality uh, yeah, maybe should, laws. Maybe we should, should look, look into that. that. Yeah, yep. we should look into that. I'll call up my friend at the Cleveland Police Department too, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll get yeah. something on that. I don't have any friends in Cleveland. I know you. Trust me, I know. I've heard from my, I've heard from my Cleveland people. <laughs> not my a, Cleveland people are always saying that a, Travis Sparks not a big fan. He hates right our there, guts. Right up there with Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. But uh, obviously, if you are a sports person in Cleveland, stay away. Yes, I would love if it's the same guy who's just trying to find athletes' vehicles around the city that he can just steal. Collect. He's a collector. He's a collector. Yeah, he's going to sell them on eBay of sports memorabilia. A scooter, Deshaun Watson's pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Which okay, what kind of car dealership leaves the keys in a vehicle that's being serviced? Right. right, don't you take those out? Lock the car up, especially like. <clears throat> well, yeah, especially if it's like an athlete at night or a after hours. Person. Yeah, I mean, maybe I could see a car dealership doing a uh, little like hiding the keys in the glove compartment or above the right. on the sun visor right. or in like a little hidden compartment after it's I've done and worked on. Yeah, yeah, but so they can come pick it up, pick at it their up, leisure. Yeah, but if it if it hadn't been serviced yet. Right. You just leave cars out with the keys in them? Like, that's not very smart by the dealership. Right. Bad publicity. Really right. bad. Yeah. So, that's all I got. Yeah, I think they take better care of the vehicles. I know, especially for their quarterback of the future, Deshaun Watson. Right. Their high clientele. Played so, gro- played so great tier. for him. I know. Came in and... Still couldn't get him out Set of last place. Set the world place. on fire is what you <laughs> meant to say, Travis. Yeah, still couldn't get out of last place. So, uh, All right, so let's uh, clean up some hockey uh, from uh, last night. Uh, the Red Wings beat the Sharks in OT 3-2. Uh, 
The Bruins, uh, they continue to win 4-2 over the Canadiens. Uh, we got the Kings in OT over the Flyers, 4-3. was the Penguins over hit big time here. 7-6 was the final in overtime. Just lighting the lamps left and right uh, were the Penguins and Panthers last night. Mm. It's actually looking That's an entertaining game. Yeah. Ooh, all six goals. And uh, the goaltenders didn't get pulled once. Both goaltenders lit up every single goal. Well, I think if it was like six to nothing, then you'd pull your goalie. But yeah, if I mean, you're scoring was, just as well on the other team. Yeah, I mean, it was three to three in the first period, four to four in the second. So, <laughs> but Penguins pull it out. High-scoring affair there. Don't see those uh, every night no. in hockey. Uh, Lightning, they defeated the Wild of 4-2. to two. Devils over the uh, Knights in, th- uh, in overtime, 3-2. to two. It was the Preds over the Jets, 2-1. to one. Like Eric mentioned in his uh, SportsCenter hit, uh, the Sabres beating the Blues again, 5-3. to uh, three. It was the Ducks over the Coyotes, 5-2. to two. It was the uh, Avalanche over the Capitals, 3-2. Uh, to two. And the new uh, Vancouver era starts with a win over the Blackhawks, five to a two. There after getting rid of their coach, so Vancouver switch worked. Mm-hmm. Games going on uh, this evening: uh, you got Islanders, Senators, uh, Rangers, Maple Leafs, Hurricanes, Stars, Blue Jackets, Edmonton, Canucks, and uh, the Kraken back in action. Doubleheader tonight on uh, TNT is the Rangers and uh, Maple Leafs. And the Blue Jackets and Oilers there. Connor McDavid, 40 goals, 48 assists, 88 points for Connor McJesus there. For Edmonton, Blue Jackets been highly disappointing yep. this season, 14-30. and 30. Put that on the schedule before the season started. Mm-hmm. But, nope, haven't been so well there. So, all right. We uh, cleaned up hockey. Yep. Mm-hmm. I got nothing else. So I didn't really see anything else uh, that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to save some things for uh, tomorrow. Yep. a show that we'll uh, dive into that we'll uh, rest assured here on ESPN. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And you can go on ESPN and uh, see uh, six reasons why Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer. Oh, well, I will definitely look that up. And one of them is the last one is Joey Votto uh, says so, or Joey Votto agrees. He's a Hall of Famer. Well, by golly, then everyone should agree. Uh, Joey said, I love playing with him. I've learned so much. If any player is lucky enough to have a role model and a teammate like him, they're so lucky as it gets. I shape my career, my effort, my work in his mold. He's a Hall of Famer today, deserving, and I have nothing but respect for him and his achievements. Again, that's great. But if that's just a, he's a great guy. That's not a Hall of Famer. Right. Yeah. I mean, if we had a nice guy Hall of Fame, that's fine. Put him in there. First ballot. Mm-hmm. But is he a Hall of Fame third baseman? The more I dive into the stats, yeah. To I mean, me, his, his offensive stats aren't great. That's, uh, his, that's the issue. But it's not all offense. It it's mostly all, offense. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be all offense, though. Like 
he is one of the best third basemen of all time. Eight gold gloves, prove it. To me, a Hall of Famer, what one of the things that makes someone a Hall of Famer is they have a moment. Not everyone has those legacy moments. 95% of them do. I mean, this home run in the NLCS off Roger Clemens. That's just for Grand you because you're a Cardinal fan. <laughs> Game 7. I think it was a Grand Slam. I know it was a homer. That That's just because uh, you're a Cardinal fan. Put him in the Cardinal Hall of Fame then. But that is one of, uh, not just Cardinal moment, but I mean that is one of his signature moments because mm-hmm. it happened in the postseason. It was off of Roger Clemens as well in a Game 7. So. But it doesn't matter. It's not off a Hall of Famer. Well, I know, but. I mean, it's off a guy who cheated. So maybe that should be more impressive. He was cheating. According to baseball lore, Roger Clemens doesn't exist from any record books or anything like that. So it's like he hit a home run off of nothing. The ball is just sitting there on a tee. That's true. (laughs) No one pitched it to him. It just just was there on a tee for him to hit. No one threw it. And another thing I loved about Scott Rowland is that every homer that he hit, no matter, is a no-doubter. Or a wall scraper, he still hustled around the base pads. And Which I appreciated. He was, <laughs> he was like, he not exactly full on sprint, but he definitely hustled around the, the base pads. Uh, Run it out. So I always, uh, always enjoyed seeing that. All right, full disclosure, there's nothing I hate more than guys who look and admire a home run that ends up being caught at the warning track. You look like an absolute idiot. You have some experience with that, do you? I've seen a couple of players who have done that, yes. <laughs> Drives me nuts, Mr. Baez. Yep, it's a long home run on the Chicago night. It barely gets into the basket. Now, uh, that's still a home run, though, if it's in the basket. Yeah. What I'm saying is if they sit there and watch it, it ends up being an out. And it's not a yeah, home run. I, know. I agree with that, too. But... At least run it out. You never know. The outfielder could drop it or something. Run. Yeah. Right, but don't, it looks cool, though. Eric. admire. Look at that thing. The admiration home run. That Look what I It looks cool, got. Eric. I'm, I'm The team's down 9 to nothing, and I just hit a solo home run. Put Look a, at that. Put it on TikTok. Put it on Instagram. Put it Put it on all the socials. Mm-hmm. Hashtag no doubter. Yep. Hashtag home run blast. That's Hashtag right. blessed. See? Now you're getting it. It's dumb. I'm starting to learn that. Dumb, Travis. Starting a new, uh, the new age thing. Uh. <laughs> All right, so uh, the debate will live on, and it'll be uh, kicked around uh, the uh, what do you call it? The water cooler there. For... Do people still use water coolers? No, we took ours out of the office. We did. Uh, for quite a while. It hadn't worked in forever. It, we it, finally took it out of here. It, it's like you said. It's going to be kicked around. The you know, this is the social media talk. That's the new mm-hmm. water cooler. That's true. Social media is the new water cooler. Mm-hmm. That's true. And everyone can come around and that's social right. media. Everyone can be a Monday morning quarterback yeah, now. Even bots can get oh, into yeah. conversations oh, with, me uh, with only uh, three followers and following 12. Yes. So there you go. They're not real. Some people engage with them. She really does should... not want to be with you. Trust me. Really? If she has three follows and 12 followers, it's not a real person, no matter what the profile picture says. If you click on someone, Travis, and they have one picture posted, and they've been on the social media outlet for less than six years with only one picture, it's Mm. not a real person. Really? Or they've been hacked. One of the two. 
Now, I, I know that you, you don't know anything about this, but uh, Snapchat, you ever heard of it? I've heard of Snapchat, yes. Heard of Snapchat. My wife has Snapchat. You mean, you mean those random people that add you as a friend and yes. only have a score of like three? Yes. Those aren't real people? No, no, hmm. no. How to unsend <laughs> pictures. How to unsend money. From they also Twitter. are Nigerian princes, too, I believe. Looks like I got some work to do here today at the at the studio. <laughs> some backtracking. So I'll get on that and uh, we'll. Uh, way too much about Travis's personal life. We'll leave it there. So. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for downloading. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. So enjoy that snow day if you have one. And enjoy it by listening to us. And we appreciate it. So thank you. And goodbye. And good night. Peace out. Peace out.